in times past. I'm normally not a holiday or seasonal preacher, but this morning, this being the last weekend, the last Sunday before we enter into a new year, a, a time of regrowth, a time of rebirth, a time where men or women are going to be making resolutions here in just a couple of days for the upcoming year that, well, let's face it, many of them, including myself, will make a resolution that we will be unable to continue or that we will be unable to do. This morning, we're going to be looking in the book of Luke, chapter 16. And many of us know this book. Many of us know this chapter. Uh, many of us know the verses that we're fixing to talk about. And it's a story about a man named Lazarus. It's a story about a man named Dives and their, their let's say, interaction going to hell and going to heaven. Let me read these scriptures this morning, beginning in verse 16 of Luke, or beginning in verse 19 of Luke chapter 16. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sword, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, which the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now is he comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Our key verse, or our, our key text this morning is verse 24. And it says, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And I'll stop right there. This, this voice expresses a universal need. This, this voice that, that cries out here, he, he, he's saying this, this universal appeal. Sooner or later, every person will call upon God for mercy. Unfortunately, many, like God's, which is this rich man's name, who call, will call too late. The message echoes Isaiah's warning in Isaiah 55 verses 
6 and 7, and it reads, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Just a few days ago, we celebrated the birth. We celebrated the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His sole purpose for coming to this world, His sole purpose of being born of a virgin was so that one day he would hang on a tree, giving his life to to pay a debt, pay a sin debt. Pay an adoption fee so that we, us sinners, could be brought into the kingdom of God. Here we see Dives. He's reaching out. He's saying, Father Abraham, have, or Father God, have mercy upon me. The universal need. Have mercy. Numerous times in the book of Psalms, this plea is, is, is echoed and it says, have mercy on us. Two blind men followed after Jesus crying, have mercy on me. The woman whose daughter was vexed with the devil cried, have mercy on me. The publican cried, He said, be merciful to me, a sinner. Each of these cried because they realized there was no other source of help. They did not ask for justice, but they asked for mercy. And we know what mercy is, right? Mercy is not getting what we rightfully deserve. You know, the Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ, that little baby that we celebrated just a few days, grew up to be a man. Christ died on a cross for you and I. While we were yet sinners, we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve to receive the free gift of a little bitty baby born in a manger. We didn't deserve the life that Christ lived here on earth. We don't deserve His death or His shed blood for us. We don't deserve to be adopted into the family of God. But God had mercy on us. He displayed grace upon us, which was giving us something we don't deserve, and mercy not giving us what we do deserve. Dives here. He calls out, he said, Have mercy on me. He didn't say, Give me justice. I know I've been wrong. I know I've done wrong. Have justice on me. No, He said, give me mercy. What did He actually deserve from God? What did Dives deserve? What do we deserve from God? I'll be honest with you. I know what I deserve from God. I deserve to be what we call nowadays six foot under. I deserve to die in my own sin. I deserve the punishment for the wrong that I've done. Dives deserved the punishment for what he had done through his life. He had let God, he had left God out of his whole world, his whole life, 
and had taken things in his own hands for his own reward. Sounds like many of us today, those who have never accepted Christ as their Savior, that sounds exactly what we do. We walk around in life thinking we have control, thinking we understand, thinking we can do everything. And we say that, that we can enter into heaven because of our good works. And the Bible tells us that it's only by faith alone that we can enter into heaven. But we think that we can work and do and, and, and build up these things that, that will be good enough. Dives here. He, he feels like his life had been good enough. He had built up all these riches. He had built up all this stuff for himself. But the one thing he forgot was that he forgot to love the less of these. He forgot to love Lazarus. He forgot to love God. He left the one most important thing. He forgot to love God and then to love others. Why did he not mention who he was? When he said, God, have mercy on me. Why does it not say in the word who this man was? Because I believe in my heart of hearts that so often that, that this man represents each and every one of us. And I could very easily put my name in this spot. Just like Thives could have put his name there. Just like, and I'll be honest with you, just like you could put your name right here. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, Anthony. Because I've never lived a righteous life. I've never lived a right life. Have mercy on me. He was only an individual. And as we know through Scripture that God is a respecter of no persons. God respects not the first man, woman, child being on this earth. But He loves each and every one of us. But why do you think Dives didn't want justice? Verse 24 continues to say, Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may... And, and listen very carefully here. That he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. He was already receiving justice for his evil doings. He was already receiving the life that, that he had been working to. I take this time now to, to tell you, I personally believe in an eternal hell. I personally believe that there is going to be fire and brimstone. I personally believe that without being saved by Jesus Christ, without receiving that gift of salvation, that we are going to be eternally in hell, bound and tormented. This is what I believe. Because the Bible tells me so. We see doves here. He says, look, just send Lazarus just to dip his finger in the water so that a drop, one little drop, may be able to hit my tongue and cool it down. I believe the man was in complete torture right here, in torment, in turmoil. I believe that he was struggling. He cried for personal help. He cried and said, have mercy on me. He didn't cry and say, hey, have mercy on somebody else. He said, have mercy on me. It became personal to him. It was no longer somebody else. It was no longer looking at how somebody else lives. Now he sees what he's going through. He said, have mercy on me. The publican 
when Jesus walks in and a great example you've got the one over there and he said God thank you that I'm not like this other man but then Jesus goes on and says that the other man that sat there and he beat upon his chest he beat on it he said God have mercy on me a sinner this man realized that he was a sinner he needed a savior he needed that mercy it was personal to him dives here cried out it became personal to him then he pleaded for the salvation of others when he realized that it was too late for himself verses 27 through 28 says then he said i pray thee therefore father that thou would send him talking about lazarus to my father's house for i have five brethren that he may testify to them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Dives realized the life that he was now in. He realized the torment he was in. And he says, I don't want my brothers. I don't want my sisters. I don't want anybody else. Send Lazarus. Send him back to tell him what I'm going through. There are people in my life that unfortunately right now I know are in torment in hell because they failed to receive that gift of Jesus Christ. And I know, according to Scripture, reading this right here, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if they had the opportunity now, they would come back and they would say, you don't want to be here. You don't want to go through this torment. You don't want to go through this anguish, this agony. You don't want to go through life without Jesus and be eternally separated. I know this because Scripture tells me this. I know there are those that I, that I love and I care for so much that are sitting at the right, or not at the right hand of the Father, but kneeling before Jesus Christ who is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And I know that they are there. I know they're in His presence. But then there's those that refuse to accept Christ. Or maybe there's those that said, hey, I'll wait until I get my life right. I'll wait till I do something different. I will wait. As you see here, Dives, he, he, he didn't look at anything for the future. He looked at right then and there. He was not ready. Christ came and took him. Or death came and took him. And now he's sitting in torment. And he had the opportunity, but he, want, he washed it or squandered it away. He pleaded for the salvation of others, and God's answer was this in verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, rem- remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. God said you had your opportunity. He said, I called on you. I knocked on your heart's door. I looked for you. But you were so wrapped up in the world that you didn't see me. Lazarus, who, who, who was right there, he said, I called upon Lazarus. Lazarus knew who I was. 
in verse 26, we find that it was too late. And besides all this, brother, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would, that would come from thence. You see, you can't wait. Just like dives here. Death's going to come. Death's going to call your name. I've heard just over the last couple of weeks of so many individuals that died. Death is coming. We're all appointed once to death. Every one of us. There's not one of us that is not appointed unto unto us once to die. Death is coming. It's got our names Even my own father, my Superman, my hero, my rock, death is coming for him. Now I know my earthly father, he's already accepted Christ as his Savior. I know where my father's going to go when he, when he enters into eternity. But there are so many out there right now that are going to be entering into eternity that's never accepted that gift. They're, and according to Scripture, where they're going to be expend, or spending eternity will be, as Dives explains right here, and gives this visual example of the flames, of the torment. Death is coming. But then in verse 29-31, through we see that everyone has an opportunity. <clears throat> Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father, Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though ones rose from the dead. You see, man has the opportunity. Man will not be held unaccountable. Romans, and I won't read it this morning, but Romans 1.20 and 2.1 says that man is completely without excuse. See, God's put the invisible things of Himself within man's heart. And He says that, that these things will bear witness unto Himself. So therefore, we know the need for Jesus Christ. We know the relationship for God. We know how we need it. Therefore, we are not without excuse. It says right here, that as we read in the text, that many have already shared the Gospel. Many have come and been witnesses to what's coming in front of us. Many have shared the torment that is being brought by hell. So this morning in conclusion, God's mercy is available to each and every one of us. After life is over, it's too late. When you take your final breath, You can't call out to be saved. It can only be done while you're breathing. It can only be done while you're awake or alive. It can only be done while you have a good conscience. 
Once you die, that final breath seals your eternity. Maybe you're here this morning and and you're like Nicodemus and and you're saying, well, well, Anthony, what must I do to inherit this eternal life? or, Or another way of saying it, what must I do to be saved this morning? The words of Jesus found in John 3 says that you must be born again. And Nicodemus asked him and he said, how can a man be born again, man or woman? How can a man or woman be born again? Can he enter into his mother's womb a second time? I can tell you this morning exactly how you can be born again. How you can be saved this morning. And it's found over in Romans. First and foremost, we must confess that we are sinners. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, that for the wages of sin, we know that we're sinners. And the wages of that sin is death. We know death is coming. It's a guarantee death is coming. But then there's a three-letter word I absolutely love. But. B-U-T. There's a conclusion. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then over in Romans chapter 10, it says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is who He says He is, and I'm paraphrasing this a little bit because it helps me to understand, but it says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is who He is, that we will be saved because believing and confessing is what brings that salvation upon Romans 10, 13. And this is one of my favorite verses. It says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Whosoever. That means each one of us in here today. That means each one of us that can hear my voice. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is how you can be born again this morning. Call upon the name of the Lord. Believe in your heart what the Word says. And I say the Word, I mean the Bible. See, believe in your heart what the Word says, who Jesus is. The Son of God. The One that died on the cross to pay the debt that we could not pay. That bought us into adoption. Made us heirs. Made us children of God. And all we have to do, the only thing we have to do is believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth. Call upon His name and we will be saved this morning. This morning, I don't know where you're at as I close. I don't know where you're at with your relationship with the Lord. But this morning, I pray that that you have called out to Him. I pray that you have accepted Him as your Savior. But if not, now is the time for salvation. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us call out this morning and ask Him to come into our hearts and save us from ourselves. Save us from our sins. Save us from the iniquity that has separated us from Him. So that we're not like doves here, sitting across that great gulf in, in eternal torment, crying out, Father Abraham, send Him over here. Send Lazarus to me that He can dip His finger and water to cool my thirst. We hear that Lazarus received his reward in heaven.
or doves that received his reward in earth. I don't know where you're at. I don't know your relationship with the Lord. Only you do. But this morning, if there's anything that that is hindering your relationship with the Lord, I pray that you will confess it. 1 John 1.9 tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He wants us to be right with Him. He wants us to be His children. He wants us to love Him. Call upon Him. I don't know where you're at this morning. But as we close in prayer, if, if you are in need this morning of calling out to the Savior, I pray that you will just reach out. Father, forgive me. Be with us now. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I come before You now, Lord. And Father, I just thank You for Your glorious message this morning, Father. If there's no one else in this room that needed to hear it, Lord God, I know I did. So Father, I pray this morning that as You search our hearts, Lord God, as You search our spirits, Lord, if there's anyone in here that that has never accepted You as their Savior this morning, Lord, I pray that this morning You will reach down and You will touch them. You will draw them close to Yourselves. Father, may the day be that day of salvation. Father, as we enter into this new year, Father, may, may this new year be a time of rebirth, of regeneration, Father, and, and, and renewed spirit in You, Lord God. But Father, I also pray for that individual that is, Lord, they've, they've walked with You, they've talked with You, but Lord, they've allowed this world to, to come in between You and them, Lord God. They have started walking alongside the world and, and sort of walking away from You, Lord God. I pray this morning, Lord, that, that they will just that You will lay it upon their heart, Lord, that they need to be drawn back to You. Father, I pray this morning that, Lord, they will confess their sin. Father, I pray that, Lord, You are a just God. You are a loving God. And Lord, we know according to Your Word that You are a forgiving God. And that You will not only forgive us of our sins, Lord God, but You will cleanse us. You will wash every sin that we had away, Lord God. And that, Lord God, You will make us right with You. There is absolutely nothing we can do but to confess our sin, Lord. There is nothing we can do to make ourselves right with You. So Father, this morning, I pray that You will be with each and every heart, each and every soul, each and every mind, Lord God. Father, I pray that this morning, as we close out, that we can all say, claim, believe, and live according to Your Scripture. That we are children of Yours. Thank You for Your Son, Jesus Christ, dying on a cross to buy my adoption to Your family. Paying a sin debt that I could not pay redeeming me. Father, bless this time. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.